0: Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Again, let's just relax. Anything else that's going on, just let it fall to the wayside. Just be reminded that you don't need to get somewhere you don't need to try harder. you don't need to achieve anything to get to another level to please God that in your spirit if you've been born again your spirit is already in God you've already received all the eternal life you're in the kingdom you're one with him you're a co-inheritor with Christ you're a joint heir Those are all right now. Your relationship with God is not your problem. Your spirit's relationship with God is not your problem. Our problem, my problem, your problem, is in regards to the soul. A little bit to the body, but much more about the soul. And even the issues we deal with in the body are in a miscommunication, a um, misrelationship between our soul and our body. So very often as God does what he wants to do in restoring our soul, the body will also fall into alignment so that we are becoming one spirit, soul, and body. So... Just a reminder, we're all in a different place, where each one of us has a different relationship with God, and yet it's all the same, because it's the same God. And as different as we are, your soul is different than mine, your body is different than mine, and yet the, we each have the same elements of our soul. We have a mind, a will, and emotions. Now... We could get into the different details and and if you have a different understanding about what the soul is, that's fine. Having all the answers and a perfect description about what the soul is and what it does, that doesn't answer our questions that in fact can distract us from the freedom and healing that God wants for our soul. So we don't strain it at gnats and swallow camels. We want God to have his way. We don't want to tell him what to do, what needs to be done for ourselves or for others. How often, you know, do we find our prayers are nothing more than direction to God. Do this, do that. And then, of course, we find a way to justify that. You know, we use scriptures. We, you know, uh, you know, two or more are gathered, uh, you know, the prayer chain, whatever. We find a way to make God do what we want him to do. And sometimes he acquiesces. Sometimes he agrees. You know, of course, he knows the end from the beginning. So it's not like a big surprise But then he has to create a different circumstance to achieve his goal. God knows where he wants to take you. And your spirit knows where God is taking you. And your spirit is rejoicing. Your, your spirit is fully on board with what God is doing. He, you are in full agreement, even when the circumstances are really bad, even when... There's confusion and woundedness and, you know, pain and stress and loneliness and whatever negative situation we're in. We think, okay, if I can just fix this, then I'll be able to have a relationship with God. Then I'll enjoy his company. Then I'll be able to earn a relationship with him. You know, then I'll, you know if God just does this, I'll spend the rest of my life showing him, glorifying him, honoring him, bringing people to him as a way of thanking him for what he's doing. And yet God doesn't work that way. He doesn't succumb to bribery or you know, whatever we want to call it. His love is unconditional. His acceptance is unconditional. He loves us as unique individuals, unconditionally. Now, he created you. Your soul and your body were gifted to you, to your spirit. God crafted absolutely every aspect of your soul and body, and, of course, your spirit. Now, we have a hard time understanding the nature of spirit. And I think it's okay for, at least for right now, to just leave it at that. We don't know what spiritual senses there are. We don't know, you know, all the characteristics. We do know some because the nature of spirit is the nature of God. So we know we are, who, are tr- who we truly are, our spirit. We are a loving people. You are a loving person. You are a giving person. You are powerful. You have authority. You are not constrained by time. You are not constrained by the rulers of this world. You are one spirit, soul, and body in Christ. Now, because of God's intent, his desire to bring forth in us things that can only be brought forth through what we're going through now. Because of that, he allows and determines things. And sometimes I struggle using that word allows because I don't think he's passive. I don't think God is passive at all. You know, so many think, oh, you know, God wound up the world and now he's just letting it, you know, zip around the room like a, a balloon with a hole in it. And we're just holding on for dear life. And he's just looking to see what happens, see what we're going to do. I don't think that's the way he operates. I don't think that's his nature. I don't think that's um, at all how existence functions. How, I don't think that's the loving thing to do. Instead, the difference between our God and any other God is that our God is alive. And we start there in Christianity, that our God is living. And in him we live and move and have our being. So how do we get to know him? One thing we can test is how practical God is, how objective he is. Think about learning to play the piano or any musical instrument, or any hobby, or any, any you know, math, anything. How do we learn it? You know, there's and there's a variety of different ways of learning things. But, you know, we, we may have a teacher. We may have a book. We may have a friend who's teaching us. We may just sit down and, you know, in front of the piano and, you know, the term self-taught. And sometimes we're motivated to learn and sometimes we're being forced to learn, nor bribed even. And Sometimes we enjoy it and sometimes we don't. But these are all things that there's an objective way of, of measuring progress. You know, when you sit down and play the piano for the first time, you may be playing, you know, What's the chopsticks? And then Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. You don't just sit down and start playing, you know, Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. Or, you know, uh, any, any song, unless you are extremely gifted. You start where you're at. And you determine how important it is to you. Whether it's to please someone else, like you know, when you're a little kid and, got, and your your parents say we, you know, you, one of the things you're going to do is learn how to play a musical instrument, so we go, okay, well, I'm going to learn how to play the musical instrument. Maybe there's a trade off. If you want to go to summer camp, you're going to learn how to you're going to take piano lessons. Well, there's something about the process of learning. We've talked about the process, how important the process is, and that it's through the process we develop the things that we now hear for each one of us in our lives that Adam and Eve could not develop in the garden. For instance, they could not develop persistence. They could not... You know, they could not develop problem solving because they never had any problems. They certainly didn't need patience because they already had all their needs met. They never had to develop learning to hear God, learning to have confidence in their ability to hear God. They never had to develop how to have a good relationship with one another. They they didn't have to learn how to do laundry, how to pay bills, how to make decisions. And in a sense, we can think, okay, what's the difference between us and, and Adam and Eve? And that gives us a hint of what of the things in our lives that God values for what they produce in us. Now, there's, there's a false production when we use our soul to try to be disciplined, to try to be patient, to try to be You know, fill in the blank. Have a good relationship. You know, there's all the conversation about, you know, um, like in a marriage, that there are roles. You know, this is the husband's role, the man's role. This is the wife's role, the woman's role. But roles are for actors. And God doesn't want us to act. He wants us to be. And that's what he's conforming us to is to learn to be in the present in him to be who you, who who he who and what he created you to be spirit, soul, and body and it's a process we've talked a lot about Uh, the supernatural realm, you have a soul. God gifted you a soul, and that soul functions in the supernatural realm. And most of us have not learned much about the supernatural realm, or let alone how our soul, our mind, will, and emotions functions in the supernatural realm. So what do we do so often as we we are distracted and we live in the natural realm We let our circumstances our environment determine how we spend our day how we spend our effort how we see ourselves how we see God you know, if you come to the whole concept of being a Christian with these preconceived ideas about, okay, I'll need to tithe to my church, I need to attend church, you know, at least once a week, maybe two. The more time, times you te- attend church, the better of a Christian you are, the more faithful you are. No, you just attend church more. You te- I'd Go to a building more. Sometimes that's a good thing, sometimes it's not. It depends. Every, You know, this is all about your unique relationship with God. And a lot of the time we spend doing things for God very often keeps us from depending on Him. Now, God's going to work on your soul regardless of whether you're whatever else you are focusing on, whatever you're struggling with, whatever, you know, areas you're trying to hide from Him, God's going to do what He has decided to do in your soul. Now, while you're here on this earth, odds are you're not going to get your soul completely reunited with your spirit. As far as I can tell, there's only been one person who walked around here on this earth as a spirit who had a soul and lived in a body as a as one spirit soul and body and that was Christ. That was God incarnate in who had a soul and lived in a body that was suitable for here for this earth. So he could accomplish the task, the project that his father had given him. So we start looking at our circumstances instead of areas where we need to come up with, uh, whether it's goals or some things we need to overcome. Instead, there are simply circumstances that God has placed us in to achieve his goal. Very often, we're not going to see or know what it is he's working on in our soul according to the circumstances that he has us and that's fine but there are things we can do there are activities he does want us to you know we're not just to sit in the corner while he does his work we are to learn to live as a spirit being that has a soul Your soul has soul abilities just as your your body has physical abilities and you know I think one of the reasons we are kind of enamored with the whole concept of heaven is we expect that we're going to go you know we're here on this earth and then boom we're in heaven, and we're a totally different person. All of our problems are dealt with any Any, you know, questions we've got are answered. Uh, Any, you know, let's say we have an anger issue. Boom, it's gone. Let's say we're impatient. Boom, it's gone. Let's say we have a real, you know, hard time forgiving true wrongs that were done against us. Boom, it's gone. We think that, okay, there's going to be a boom and it's gone. That we're, we're now... We now enjoy all the benefits, all the fruit, all the enjoyment, everything good about being in the spirit. We now enjoy because now we're dead. And yet our enemy is death. Death closes off the opportunity to do what God wants to do here on this earth. So, yeah, it's a dichotomy is We're not here long enough, I don't think, to complete the task that God has for each one of us. And yet, we're putting off doing any of it, joining him in doing any of it. So God gave you this gift of your soul, and yet, we take it for granted. Now, and... We've talked many times about the difference between our soul and our self. Our self is our soul controlling circumstances out of its own strength without God. Now, your soul doesn't change in its nature depending on whether we're Christian or not. Your soul is your soul. But before you became a Christian, your soul did not have access to spirit. So your soul created its own empire, its own way of doing things, its own bad habits. I'm going to do things my way. And depending on... Your circumstances, your, your, how God put your particular soul together, those are you know, elements of how successful you're going to be at controlling your circumstances. But your needs will never be met. Not permanently, not perfectly, until you become a Christian, until you are born again, until you're, you are re-spirited. Then your soul immediately begins to be drawn back to its relationship, to its oneness with your spirit. Your soul was crafted to be connected, fully integrated with your spirit. Your soul, we could, let's just say, your soul is just a lot of need, unmet Needs. And God made your soul to be that way. Your soul is a receiver. Now, what do we talk about? Is the nature of our spirit. Your spirit is a giver. Now, your soul's running around before you become a Christian, nothing but need, like a, you know, a little baby unable to take care of itself but those needs have to be met so your soul will do whatever is necessary will steal will cheat will lie will do whatever is necessary to get its needs met because that's its nature that's your soul nature but once you're born again your spirit is there to give, to meet your needs. But before that happens, your soul has created, again, a way, like a, a network, a black market to access, to trade, to achieve illegitimately what it needs to get its needs met. And then God comes on the scene through as you know with your spirit as part of his spirit says okay now i'm here i'm here to meet all your needs but yourself your network realizes that god's present presence means your network is no longer necessary and your Bad habits, yourself, your network doesn't want to die. So your bad habits, yourself, your network is going to try to do whatever is necessary to keep your soul from integrating, from returning, from being restored to your spirit. It's going to show and and say and and make you feel how you can't trust God it's going to stir up your emotions it's going to lie to your, your thoughts it's going to betray your actions it's going to do whatever is necessary it's going to remind you of your past mistakes you're not worthy to receive God's love you know you're going to trust him and he's going to fail just like everybody else did he know yourself knows your soul because yourself is fashioned around your soul. Your soul created yourself, so of course yourself knows your soul. So, we're like that's when we become double-minded because we we both have both our soul and our self. Now, your spirit. There is no shadow of turning. Your spirit has all experienced and is experiencing all truth, all reality, all power and authority. Everything, you know, everything that's true about God is true about your spirit because your spirit is in Him. You've been begotten by God's spirit. That which is spirit. That which is born of spirit is spirit. But your soul had to get its needs met. Again, God knew knew that. So there's something valuable about going through the process of your soul being freed from yourself, learning to overcome it, Receive healing from God, being restored in our mind, being restored in our emotions, being restored in our actions, our choosing, our deciding. And this is why God arranges the circumstances that we find ourselves in. It's, it's not for punishment, it's not for rewarding it 's out of necessity. So the more we can be objective about our circumstances and our situation, the less we are under the influence and the control of ourselves. Now. We're going to start going through some real practical, objective approaches to what we can do. Because it's not just about understanding the nature of God. There's nothing that, you know, we can't get God to heal our wounds. can't talk God into speaking truth to us. We can't deserve freedom and joy because he offers them unconditionally. There's nothing you can do to deserve them because it's not about you. It's about him. His desire is to give himself to you He's just making your soul able to receive everything he wants to give. So we've talked about these before, but just real quick, here are three things you can do starting today that will increase your awareness of what God is already doing. And we talk so often about just waiting on him. Waiting on him, waiting for him, waiting with him, quietly at peace, not looking for a response, not looking for an action. If there's an, you know, odds are at some point in your life he's going to put you face-to-face with an area of your life that you just can't change. And the more you wait on him, that's the solution, is if you're waiting, for instance, you're waiting on him for 20 minutes a day, still can't get over your anger issue, then increase it. Do 20 minutes twice a day, or 40 minutes, or increase it. Increase your waiting until you're free of that issue, unless God directs you otherwise. Likewise, speaking in tongues. Now, I don't fully understand how it works, and I'm fine with that. But I do know that speaking in tongues releases a burden we have about, uh, ha- you know, we have this desire, our soul has this desire to do things right. And God, you know, with control, God craft- crafted our soul to be centrally a mechanism of control. And speaking in tongues releases us from that need for control. So it gives us confidence that we are in alignment with his desires and that we are in agreement with him. So the first is waiting on God. The second is speaking in tongues. The third and final is fasting. Fasting from food fasting from sleep, fasting from activities, your hobbies, Netflix, whatever, because that gives us the confidence that we are giving God full opportunity to make rapid changes as he sees fit. Each one of these areas, and we're going to go through them, addresses both our soul and our body. So if you, which most of us do, we want to speed things up. We want to take full advantage of what God is doing. What the circumstances that God has us in, we can start with these three things: waiting on God, speaking in tongues, and fasting of any of quite a variety of different things. so um, spend some time this week and see if any of those uh, speak to you and start doing them. You can do them immediately, so Feel free to drop me a line at Diane at We will be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, this has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.